church and remember our moms. So today I want to start off my message with a video for Mother's Day. Just give me one second. Thank sure. you. Sorry. Uh huh. Hey. Hi. Two minutes. Thank you. Hi. Good afternoon. Sorry about hey, that. Hey, Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews uh, over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job, it's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, is that even legal? Um, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can or... have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh... I think that's a little intense. No. no, not possible. That's crazy. Now this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment. If you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is going to go up, and we demand that with, with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost a, a very, very sick, twisted joke. Right, but when there's time to sleep or... Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. Completely for free. <laughs> no. What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh my god. Moms are the best. Yeah, there's no pay. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin. My mom is just awesome. She's awesome.
Yeah, don't we love our moms? Thank you, moms. So apparently our country loves our moms as well. I did some research. Last year, Hallmark sold over 112 million Mother's Day cards. But for dads, only 72 million. What's up, what's up with that, right? Check this one out. This is my favorite stat. Also, out of the entire year, the most phone calls are made on Mother's Day, right? Makes sense. But for Father's Day, the most collect calls. It's a fact. Look it up. Look it up. So one of the perks of preaching on Mother's Day is I can acknowledge my own mom. She's uh, in front of me right now. And just want to say thank you for everything. I know that um, I don't thank her enough, but thank you very much. And do we have a picture in there too? Okay. Well, I had a cute picture of my mom and I when I was six. So you could just use your imaginations. <laughs> but of course, um, she was our director of operations, uh, personal chef. She made the best uh, koroke. It's, uh, potato balls, kind of like portos. Great housekeeper. Yes, uh, I was spoiled growing up. My brother as well, he was spoiled as well. Uh, a cheerleader. <coughs> yeah, she would always go to all my football games and judo matches. And she was the original Uber driver before even Uber came out. She drove me and my friends everywhere. She was judged mom, constantly resolving issues with me and my brothers. Hairstylist, she would give the best bow cuts out in the San Gabriel Valley. Oh, there, see, you see that bow cut right there? It's, it's pretty styling. I think I was about six years old. And also, um, awesome teacher, helping me with my homework and teaching me how to speak Japanese and countless other things, too many to count. So I'm blessed to have a wonderful mother, so thank you. Thank you, Mommy. I call my mom Mommy, so thank you, Mommy. Happy Mommy's Day. So before I get started with my message, please join me in prayer. Uh, Dear Father God, it gives us great joy knowing that we are able to honor our mothers and all the women that have impacted our lives. I pray that you will continue to bless our fantastic morning. Please soften our hearts, open our ears, and clear our minds to embrace your message this morning. I pray that you use me as your mouthpiece for your words and not my words to be spoken today. May you be glorified this morning. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I'm really excited to be sharing from 2 Timothy. It was written by Paul the Apostle. And Paul the Apostle is telling us that his protege, Timothy, his faith was passed on from his mother and grandmother, showing us the importance of a godly mother. As many of you know, Paul was an incredible man that was passionate about letting the world know about Jesus. We would not be here today without this great man. Many scholars believe that he wrote almost half of the New Testament. Isn't that incredible? Paul is writing this letter while in prison in Rome. He is awaiting his execution. This is his final letter to Timothy. 
And Timothy later becomes a pastor and a leader of the church. So please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God who I serve, as did my ancestor, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And this is going to be the key verse for us this morning. Verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now, I'm sure it dwells in you as well. So Paul the Apostle highlights a sincere faith. And he says that was a key in passing on a faith from Timothy's mom and grandmother. Paul highlights the idea of a sincere faith, not a lukewarm faith, not a Sunday-only faith, not a convenient faith, but a sincere faith. Sincere faith was a key that allowed Timothy to have his own faith. So today I have three points on sincere faith. Sincere faith is rooted on the word of God. Sincere faith is active and is devoted to prayer. So the first point, sincere faith must be rooted on the word of God. Let's move along to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So his mother and grandmother shared God's word with Timothy as a little child. This created a foundation for his faith. The verse reveals the importance of a child receiving the word of God from a very young age. So we need the Bible. Because how are we supposed to know what to pass on to our own children if we don't even know what God is telling us to do? As stated in verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God. The Bible is not about God, but is the word of God. It's breathed out to give us discernment, guidance, and direction. The Bible is the inerrant word of God, incapable of being wrong. The Bible is our playbook in life. Just like how our favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson, right? No. Jerry Goff? Okay, never mind. But our favorite quarterback, Pastor Dave's favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Clap it up. Pastor Dave's favorite quarterback. He has a playbook, right? And if he didn't have the playbook, it's going to be really hard, basically impossible to win a game. We rely on the Bible. It's our playbook 
The Bible gives us instructions from our head coach, God, to win with Jesus. In our society today, we hear so many different voices, right? How are we supposed to discern which voice to hear? We hear from social media, the internet, TV, radio, our friends, our families, even our pastors, including ourselves. The Bible is our true voice and the foundation of our faith. If I hear a voice to spend time alone with another woman, Amy will beat me up, but also, (laughs) I know it's not coming from God because the Bible is telling me to honor my wife and to love Jesus as much as he loves the church. And the second point is, sincere faith is active. Sincere faith does not end in believing in Jesus. James 2.19 tells us, even the demon believes and shudder. If we just only believe and do nothing for God's kingdom, we will have the same faith as the demons. Because they believe in God as well. They believe in Jesus. They saw firsthand. You have people saying that they believe in God, but you don't see fruit coming out of their lives. James, Jesus' little brother, goes on to say, if you have faith is active, then it should be followed with works. Not that works goes ahead of your faith. But out of my faith, my relationship with God, I began to do things. It began to transform into a new creation to the image of Christ. I don't do these things because I want to win God over. It is because God has changed my life. It is a sign of a changed life and active faith. So I believe our kids, the next generation is telling us, I don't want you to tell me about your faith. I want you to show me. Walk with me. We live in a pagan society that is anti-God, from the schools to all the things around us. Right now, our children are leaving the faith at a rapid rate. According to LifeWay research, 70% of our children will leave the faith in college. 70%. I believe this is happening because they see a discrepancy between our faith and actions. They know if we are just going through the motions. So parents, are we talking about Jesus at home? Or are we talking about more about the NBA playoffs? Are we praying together as a family? Do we have Bible time as a family? In our society today, we have time taking our children to billion other activities, right? And at the end of the day, there's no time left for Jesus. Parents, you know, Our children are faith detectors. They see right through us. I believe God has given them x-ray vision when it comes to seeing our faith. So belief is not good enough. It must be lived out in order for us to pass on a sincere faith. Amen? Amen. The last point, sincere faith is is devoted to prayer. Prayer is the key for a sincere faith. With prayer, God has given us direct access to him. What a gift. He wants to hear from us. We are constantly called to pray without ceasing, as stated in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. In Colossians 4, 2, it says, I think I have it up here. Devote yourself to prayer. Not just pray, but devote yourself to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. 
this, this does not come as a surprise. If prayer is so great and central to God's purpose for the universe and for your life, it is not surprising that God would tell us, devote yourself to prayer. And it is not surprising that this word, be devoted to, occurs five times in the New Testament in relation to prayer. Colossians 4.2, Acts 1.14, Acts 2.42, Acts 6.4, and Romans 12.12. 12. So we must not underestimate the power of prayer. And when I think about devoted prayer, I think about my spiritual mother, Auntie Mitzi. Man, I was getting, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. (laughs) But Auntie Mitzi was probably the first Christian in our family's bloodlines and a devoted prayer warrior. And Maybe about four months ago, my mom told me that I should go visit Auntie Mitzi because she's in hospice care. So I go see Auntie, and she was only a shell of herself. She was suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. She didn't say anything to me. So before I was about to pray, the Lord is so good. He brought back a memory that happened probably over 25 years ago I never thought about since then. I remember as a little boy, probably like Jordan's age, I was in my mom's kitchen, and she was the first person ever to share the gospel with me. So she told me that God loves you, He died for your sins, and if you want to accept him as Lord and Savior, that you will be saved. I didn't accept Christ that day, Um, but she prayed for me. She planted a seed in my soul that day. She told me that she'll pray for me and my family. And 20 years later, that seed grew. I accepted Christ. And I told Auntie, not even expecting her to respond, I told Auntie that I'm in full-time ministry and my brother is in full-time ministry as well. And this is, this is the Holy Spirit, guys, because I can't explain it. Um, she just lit up at that moment. Her eyes got big. And she said, you remembered, you remembered, you remember three times. That's the only thing that she told me. And I believe that I won't be here today without my auntie's prayers. That's how powerful prayer is. And now a third generation of settles are Christians, Jordan and his cousins. And I know for some of you, you did everything you can to pass on a sincere faith to your child. And maybe right now they are not walking with the Lord and it breaks your heart. But I want my auntie's testimony to be an encouragement to you. God does hear your prayers and desire to listen to your prayers. Keep praying for your children. Don't ever give up. I was saved when I was 30. If God can save me, he can save anyone else. I promise you that. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. 
There's so much power. So the key to a sincere faith is being devoted to prayer. And now I want to close my message on legacy. Mothers, the the gift of a sincere, honest faith is the greatest legacy you can ever give to your children. If your highest priority as a parent is for them to make it to a varsity sports team, send them to the best university like USC, UCLA, and Biola, not, not AP. <laughs> I go to Biola, that's why it's a Biola. <laughs> and for them to get a good job and to be wealthy, I want you to answer this question. Then what? After they're done playing high school sports, then what? After they graduate from that university, after getting that house, after getting that job, all these things are not bad in itself. But if you have these things above Jesus, then it is. Because they're considered idols. All these things are mere trinkets compared to God's kingdom. A passage that's been really speaking to my heart is from Mark chapter 8, 36. Jesus tells us, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? All that stuff will eventually go away. Those things do not bring eternal joy. If you don't believe me, I called my brother earlier this morning, then you could ask him yourself. Right? He used to be a football coach. They won the Super Bowl four years ago, illustrating the epitome of success. It was a great moment for him and his family, but it did not give them everlasting joy. And I remember talking to him the day after. He, he told me, you know what, Mako? Like, I feel the same. I'm a little bit tired. Of course, I'm happy, you know. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was a different person. It changed my life forever. And for my wife and I today, it's one of the greatest days of our lives with Jordan being baptized. And a couple weeks ago when Jordan told us that he wanted to get baptized, it was a great reminder of our calling. The purpose that, you know, the reason why God allowed us to be parents is for us to lead Jordan to Christ above all else. And I remember a year ago, Jordan would constantly ask Amy, like, where's your mom? Like, I see dad's mom, but where's your mom? And then Amy would have to explain to Jordan the mom passed away when she was 10 years old. But yet, Amy continued to seek the Lord. And that's why she's my hero. And I believe the, the main, one of the main reasons why Jordan got baptized this morning is because of my wife. Because she did pass on that sincere faith. It wasn't easy. She still struggles with that. But she constantly encourages Jordan to Christ. They pray together every night. They have Bible time together. And also, um, just, re- just recently, I uh, overheard their conversation. Jordan's a mama's boy, so Jordan tells mom everything. <laughs> um, but he was saying that, you know what? Um, 
I had a disagreement with my friend and I'm kind of upset at my friend. And Amy asked Jordan, well, did Jesus forgive you? And Jordan said, yes. Well, what does, what does Jesus want you to do? Forgive my friend. So those are some of the examples of how Amy passed on her sincere faith to Jordan. And for me, it's been an incredible time to witness the sincere faith that has been passed from mother to son. The love that they have for one another, and most importantly, the love that they have for Jesus. The the greatest legacy we can pass on to our children. Jordan knows that no matter what happens in life, the best is yet to come. He has great comfort knowing mom, dad, and he will be with Jesus forever if anything does happen. That Jesus will be there for him just as he has been there for mom. Sincere faith is the best legacy that we can ever pass on to a children. And as I close my message, mothers, please seek Christ above all else. Seek him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Seek him in the good times and the bad times. Seek him when you do well and when you mess up. Trust me, this is one of the greatest gifts that you can ever give your children. Pray that one day someone can say to your child, I am, I am, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your mother and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. So now I have the weekly challenge for you guys. I would like you to read and meditate on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Also 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. And Mark chapter 8, verse 36. And I want you to really ask yourself, be honest with yourself, what is the current status of your faith? Because if you don't have a sincere faith, how do you expect to pass that faith onto your children? And I want you to really pray and open up to God. Because I believe once you're honest to God, God can start working on your heart. But you have to be honest with God. If you feel like you're lukewarm, let God know that you feel like you're lukewarm. But you have to be honest with God. And the last question is, or last two questions, what legacy do you want to leave your children, the next generation? What do you really want them to walk away with? Do you want them just to be rich? Do you want them to be the best football player in the world? What do you want? Honestly, what legacy do you want to leave behind? And you know, the longer that I've lived my life, I'm getting old, losing my hair, longer sorry I looked at Pastor Dave too when I said that (laughs) he was smiling at me (laughs) and the longer that I've been in ministry I've experienced more death and uh, funeral services no one's ever said man like I wish I made more money I wish um, I had that promotion I wish I had that PhD 
It's always, I wish I spent more time with my family and I wish I would have been closer to God. So what legacy do you want to leave behind for your children? And what can you start doing now to achieve that legacy? So please join me in prayer as I close. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing our morning. Thank you for all the mothers and the women that are blessing our lives. They do so much on a daily basis. They are an incredible illustration of your love and grace. I pray that you will continue to bless them immensely. Please provide them with the support and encouragement that they need so that they could continue to glorify you in all that they do. Please allow us to fulfill our calling with great passion as moms, dads, auntie, uncles, and as a church family to pass on our sincere faith to our children and to the next generation. Please help us to have sincere faith that is active, that is grounded on the word of God, your word, and that is devoted to prayer. Most importantly, help us to love your son Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our souls, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. We, we also thank you for Jonah's dedication this morning. And we praise you for Chris and Jordan's baptisms. I pray that we as a church will continue to do everything we can do to support encourage and walk with them on their journey with you. Please continue to bless and protect Jonah for him to be the man that you called him to be. Please continue to bless Chris and Jordan. It gives us great joy knowing that you will never leave them nor forsake them because you both love them dearly. Please continue to speak to the hearts Refine them, Lord, and bless them so that they will be more like your son, Jesus. We are so blessed. You are such a generous God. We love you. We praise you. We honor you and give you all the praise that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen.